MDOT presents the Extra Mile Podcast, Legislative Session. Welcome in to another edition of the Extra Mile Podcast Legislative Session. I'm MDOT Digital Media Manager Paul Katul, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Will Kraft. He handles government and constituent affairs here at the agency. And Will, signy die was on April 5th, and last week we had a great recap of the 2022 session from Lieutenant Governor uh, Delbert Hoseman. That's right. And if you haven't listened, please go check that out. It's certainly worth going back and and, uh, looking at. And uh, so this is, we've made it. This is, of course, the last legislative episode of the Extra Mile Bittersweet. in 2022. Oh, yeah, definitely bittersweet. And no better way to wrap things up than to welcome back to the studio MDOT Executive Director Brad White. Brad, we always appreciate you being here well, with us. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. And before we go any further, I want to commend all of y'all and the public affairs staff for the great job y'all did with the podcast this session. Uh, it's been phenomenal. and. Uh, was among the best across the nation, and you're all to be very commended. Well, we appreciate it. It's uh, team I, effort. That's exactly right. I've joked before. I've got a face for radio, so this has been a fun experience for me. Absolutely. We'll just jump right in. We've got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. We want to kind of get a recession recap. It was very successful by all accounts. Uh, I want to see if you could break down some of those uh, highlights for us. Yeah, I thought it was uh, a really good session uh, for us, uh, the legislative leadership and the body in general. Uh, we're very um, receptive to all of the things that uh, we were trying to discuss with them about ways that they could help us as well as ways that they could unintentionally hinder us from being able to meet our mission. Uh, the main takeaways from the session is we received about uh, $236 million extra in uh, funds that are allocated to help us uh, get the match uh, of the federal dollars. Uh, a supplement to our paving program, a supplement to our capacity program, as well as another $100 million to uh, work with our local partners on emergency road and bridge relief. Uh, the biggest things that came out of that, while the, the money is, is great and we're very appreciative and it, it is certainly moving us in the right direction to eliminate the funding gaps that we've experienced in the past, the biggest thing, though, that I think, me personally, the legislature did for us was twofold. This is the first bill that MDOT's had, uh, in my recollection, that had no earmarks in it. Mm. So for the first time, we'll have complete flexibility within our federal program and how we move funds, how we utilize federal dollars, and how we're able to uh, be inventive in the ways that we need to be to meet the uh, tasks that we have in in providing for a transportation system around. And so the lack of those legislative edicts that would pigeonhole us or would unintentionally hinder us from being able to move in a way that we need to move, uh, I think is going to prove to be probably uh, the most beneficial thing that they did for us in, uh, overall in the session. And I think we'll be able to prove that that's the model for how our budget should be handled and uh, managed. But also, our number one task and goal throughout the session was to receive the authority necessary to continue the realignment of the salaries of our MDOT personnel. I think that that's been the most important thing that we as leadership of MDOT could do is to take care of our own team of people and be sure that we're all adequately compensated for the work that we do. And the legislature uh, came through for us on that. So as you know, we started a few months ago realigning as many salaries as we could. They've given us authority where we can continue that into the next fiscal year. 
So hopefully uh, we will be seeing big differences in what we can pay. And that will help us not just take care of uh, our existing uh, MDOT family and retain good and qualified people, but also allow us to be able to be more well-equipped to recruit people in the That's future. Right. Absolutely. Plenty of positions out there open and available. Uh, refer a friend, family member. We're hiring, folks. Oh, yes. Uh, now hiring. We'll certainly put uh, a lot of those positions out there on LinkedIn, so please right. please uh, keep abreast of that on, uh, on our social media. Uh, we did talk to Lieutenant Governor Hoseman last week, and he, he had a clear message. Now that these changes have been made, this additional money, these salary increases, there's a great responsibility that MDOT has to come through. So can you talk about kind of that? That's right. Um, and he's very much on point, and I agree with him 100%. This is something that the industry, the transportation industry, has been asking for additional funds for some time. And uh, the flexibility they gave us in our budget, the extra funds they've given us, nearly eliminates the funding gap that, that the transportation industry has uh, complained about for some time. So this next uh, year is going to be a time for us to prove that we uh, appreciate what they've given us and that we're able to, to do the work. And that's going to be a burden both on us but also on our partners in the private sector. We have a responsibility to get the work to the streets and they have a responsibility to, to put the shovels in the ground and start moving dirt and doing the things necessary to bring these projects to fruition. And um, the chief engineer, some of the assistant chief engineers and our chief of staff here and myself have already begun meeting with our partners in um, the various industries out there that d does our work. And uh, we're looking forward to working with them to be sure that we can deliver on what the uh, legislature's given us. No doubt. And this is going to be able to help us kind of speed up some of this work, if I understand correctly, right? Yeah, one of our biggest concerns actually was the cost of inflation, uh, material costs going up. Uh, so we were concerned early on that the projects we originally had scheduled in a three-year plan, we would not even be able to make any real headway in getting through that list because all of a sudden those projects were going to cost considerably more than they did before due to the rise in material cost. So the extra money, first of all, will help offset uh, any delays that would have occurred uh, due to inflation. And then they'll allow us to escalate uh, some other projects that were maybe for a year or two down the line, maybe into this year. So it's going to help us on a couple of different fronts. Good. Moving right out of the session, uh, no rest for the weary. It's been a very busy week here at MDOT. Uh, we've had two very special events this week. Go ahead, touch on one of those. Um, the Fallen Workers Memorial Ceremony, actually today, uh, it's, it's a very important thing for us. But uh, speak about just, if you will, what that means to us here. Well, I think Commissioner Simmons said it best at the uh, ceremony when he talked about how it's one of those events that we wish we didn't have to have. Mm -hmm. uh, it's unnecessary. Uh, but I think it's lost on a lot of people that MDOT's frontline workers are people that are helping work in these construction zones, doing work like was done on I-20 over the past weekend. Uh, the people that are on the front line when ice storms come or hurricanes or tornadoes, they're out on the streets and they're helping us. That uh, They're away from their families and they're putting themselves in harm's way all the time. And so... Um, most of the motoring public sometimes I don't think realize that they literally are driving through people's offices. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we've had a, quite a number of people that have uh, paid the ultimate sacrifice just by being uh, on duty. And that's very unfortunate, and it's a loss that I don't know if y'all could tell, but um, regardless of, of how long 
the uh, MDOT team member had been uh, had passed away, every one of the family members in the crowd were still emotional. So it's a, a wound that doesn't heal uh, for these families, and uh, hopefully uh, it's a reminder to the motoring public around that uh, when you see orange, when you're coming into a work zone, it's a desperate need to try to slow down and to to heed all the warnings and heed the signs because you don't just have MDOT workers out there. You have people's sons and daughters and mothers and fathers, and um, it's, a, it's a really somber situation. But I, I think the uh, memorial service itself was a very successful one. I appreciate the work that y'all's team did in putting it together. You know, as you mentioned, that how, how dangerous it is out there and can be for our workers. I was looking at some of the preliminary data that NHTSA released uh, already for this year. Uh, but it looks back on the first half of 2021. Uh, we've had actually not just the state of Mississippi, but across the nation, uh, over 20,000 deaths, uh, fatalities on the roadway. And that's an 18% increase over 2020. Um, so, you know, be aware, look around, put the phone down. And uh, one of the leading uh, contributors to those, to those fatalities was just simply speeding, you know. Uh, everybody's trying to get there in a hurry, but it's a team sport when we're on the road. And I know, Paul, you sign off every day with Drive Safe, but uh, it really hits home when you have that ceremony like he just mentioned today. Uh, so, you know, keep your eyes open out there and be aware. And keep in mind, we're just talking about the fatalities. Uh, we have a lot of workers that have been hit by vehicles mm -hmm. and been hurt. We've had one just in the last couple of months um, that uh, a driver came through and wasn't paying attention and unfortunately struck one of our employees. And I'm told that the only thing that saved him was another member of our staff that was spotting things and, mm -hmm. and alerted him in time for him to try to get out of the way and, and basically he got clipped, uh, but uh, saved his life. So it's a, it's a very serious and, and real thing. Absolutely. Uh, put down the phone and, you know, don't speed. Just don't do it. It's not that, it's not that difficult. Uh, we talked about this uh, quite a while back, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act still out there. Um, just as a refresher for everyone, you know, what, what does that mean kind of for Mississippi? If you could just kind of take us back a little bit. Well, a couple of things. Uh, our normal, well, as you know, Federal Highway, Congress authorizes them to do work with their partners like us in the different states and territories every five years. And the last five-year authorization, uh, Mississippi was given, I think it's about $2.5 billion over the five-year period, give or take a little bit, with which to uh, carry out federal highways programs and, and take care of our state and interstate system around the state. This current five-year authorization that we're moving into now, Congress upped that to about $3.3 billion over five years. So in the regular programs that we've been operating in, we're going to have, you know, few hundred million dollars extra over five years that we'll be able to put to work to help escalate projects and get things uh, done. The biggest difference that most people in Mississippi will see from that is it has allowed uh, the Transportation Commission to abandon this uh, moratorium on capacity projects that had existed for about 10 years by and large a moratorium. And we're now able to revamp various projects from the Tennessee line all the way to the Gulf Coast that uh, are designed to help increase the capacity and the, and the safety and uh, economic development opportunities of our system around the state. So um, the extra money will go a long way in allowing us to uh, meet those types of uh, needs that have gone unmet for quite some time. But in addition to that, there was about $250, $300 million worth of uh, over five years of funds that are going into new programs like the new bridge program. Uh, 
electric vehicle charging stations that we're putting a plan together now that we expect to have complete by August uh, on, on how to implement that based on their uh, the Federal Highway Administration's guidelines and instructions. So will allow us to do other things that uh, may be uh, somewhat new in nature uh, to, to help our state and to help move us further into the 21st century. Excellent. Excellent. The other, uh, circle back just a bit there, mentioned having such a busy week and two, oh, yes. two special ceremonies, uh, one we just talked about certainly, but uh, Commissioner Dick Hall, former Commissioner Dick Hall, honored um, at, here at the MDOT building. Um, I know you and you and the commissioner are very close. Uh, that was a very good event, well attended. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, it, it was uh, personally uh, a nice event for me. Uh, Dick Hall, as you mentioned, uh, gave me one of my first jobs in public service that was here at the Department of Transportation when he first became a commissioner 23 years ago. And so my first introduction into public service was at here, and uh, my office was actually right around the corner from where it is now. And so that's uh, where I fell in love with the Department of Transportation and its people for the first time was working there with Commissioner Hall and, and coming to know him. Um, he's a very opinionated and strong-willed guy, uh, but very honest and very unwavering in his commitment to the department, to the people of the state. And so working with him uh, during my early and mid-twenties uh, really did a lot to shape me as a person and to, to help me go on to do uh, other things. And so it was a meaningful time to bring together the MDOT family and to celebrate the career of someone who has served the agency as the longest serving commissioner in our, our history. And in addition to that, I think what added to it to make it more special was we had all seven living transportation commissioners present. So you had the three current commissioners, but uh, former Congressman Ronnie Shales uh, came back for that. Uh, co uh, Commissioner Mike Taggart came back, who served on the commission with uh, um, Commissioner Hall. And then, of course, uh, Commissioner Zach Stewart from North Mississippi. And so having them present, I think, just went further to illustrate what a family the Department of Transportation is and that atmosphere that makes people enjoy working here and certainly makes it a special place uh, for me. So it was very meaningful on a a lot of different fronts, got to see a lot of people we haven't seen, some of the, you've heard me reference some of the fine Christian men and women that helped um, make me want to come back and work here at the department. Uh, people like Wendell Ruff and Ann McAlpin and Shirley Rutland. And being able to just see those people that I haven't seen in many years was uh, very special as well. So I thought it was a nice event. And again, appreciate everything public affairs does to make those things come off and uh, seamlessly. No, no doubt, Commissioner Dick Hall is certainly a very special man who's done a lot for MDOT and the, and the state of Mississippi as a whole. Uh, do want to, as we begin to really put a bow on the session, is there anybody you want to uh, send a special thanks to? Any legislators are out there? Any groups? Well, you know, the legislative leadership, uh, certainly. Uh, Governor Hoseman and Speaker Gunn uh, had an open-door policy from the very beginning and worked with us. Our uh, appropriations and authorization chairman, uh, Senator Branning, Senator Busby, I mean, uh, Representative Busby, Representative John Reed, Senator Briggs Hobson, um, you know, obviously would be among the, the top to thank just due to their position and how they helped be the tip of the spear in working with us to try to craft something that was uh, worthwhile. Uh, but the way that the entire body coalesced around that and supported that 
you know, I think everybody deserves uh, a debt of gratitude from the men and women of MDOT. But I would add to that the folks that make up the staff at the Legislative Budget Office because they are the are the ones that really did a lot of the work to help put pen to paper and craft legislation that was not harmful and but was was helpful and they worked hand in glove with our budget people here and um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Leanne Robinson and all of those great people that uh, work for Elbow and, and the work that they did to help get us where we are. Excellent. As you always say, state government is a team sport, so that's, that's right. just an example Very of much. it right there. Lots of people. Coming up on closing in on really a, a year at MDOT, um, since you came back and joined the team here, is there anything that maybe you found over the, the course of the last 12 months that was new or different? Uh, how many? I'm sure there was a lot different from the time you were here originally to now, but uh, anything that jumps out? No, not really. I mean, it, it was, uh, I mean, all the things that made me love the place before still exist. I mean, it's uh, some different people in places, but by and large, it's still a lot of folks that, you know, you don't have the, or I haven't experienced, uh, the backbiting or the uh, underhandedness that you may have in a competitive place. Sure. Uh, everybody here truly seems to function as a team. We like to see one another succeed. Uh, I think everybody here recognizes the old saying of a rising tide raises all ships. And uh, just being able to be in a room for full of professionals that when we lay a task in front of us that we have to do and everybody's willing to state their opinions and then start altering opinions to find that consensus and that perfect answer that uh, is needed to be able to go out and to, to succeed in a way that uh, makes the department look good and best serves the state of Mississippi. So just being able to be in an environment like that makes it worthwhile. Uh, one thing I have not liked about it is I didn't realize how much I would be anchored uh, to the Jackson office as much. I'm hoping that in the coming months I'll be able to get out and be in the districts more and uh, get a, a, around more of our staff that are the hands and feet of what we do and be able to meet them and personally thank them for what they do. And uh, tomorrow I'm going up to Tupelo to the uh, service awards there. So things like that that I haven't been able to do due to the legislative session and other things I'm looking forward to doing that. Well, that piggybacks us right on to the traveling around the state question. It's the question. The one. Um, our number one listener out there who's a, who's a close relative of, of the co-host here, I've got to make sure we get to it, the food question. So you're going to be spending a lot of time. You've already spent a lot of time traveling around the state. Is there a, uh, a hole in the wall, a stop in somewhere that you just got to get to every time? Well, it just depends. You know, I'm a bad creature of habit. If anybody ever wanted to knock me off, they wouldn't have a hard time finding me because I'm pre I am pretty much go the same places. So here in Jackson would be Martin's uh, Farmer's Market. If I'm going south, I try to stop by Zips. In oh, yeah. Home County of Simpson County. It's, it was one of the best hamburgers around. Um, and then when you talk about dinner, I, I don't think, that, or supper, as we used to say in the country, uh, Mayflower and Crochelles oh, would wow, probably yeah. be my uh, top of my list when I'm thinking about where to go. I have not tonight. been to the Mayflower in quite some time. I'll have to make a point to do that. Oh, wow. And uh, a little change up. We thought it appropriate to uh, divulge our uh, favorite stops. So, Paul, by all means. Sure, absolutely. And I'm going to make it real easy. Uh, LV's in Bellhaven and Jackson oh, is my yeah. favorite spot. Also, give a special shout out to local 463. Oh, yeah. Before I came to MDOT, I cooked there. I was a line cook. Kind of weird. Know, yeah. But anyway, um, that's my spot, and Will, give me yours. Okay, so mine are good, too. Uh, Shady Acres, as you're going down 49 South, heading to Hattiesburg, uh, in seminary there, 
It's on the left. Again, if you're going south, north, it's on your right. Uh, Shady Acres, it's a great spot. It's kind of a, um, you can get your vegetables, your fresh vegetables, a little garden market. Uh, one of the best burgers I've ever had. And you get some homemade ice cream. Uh, it's kind of a really nice family environment. They've got all kind of old antique uh, farm equipment stuff to look at out there. It's really cool. Um, and I, I just absolutely uh, can't pass Jerry's Fish House without That's a good one. To oh, yeah. myself to the point of death. Um, they make the best catfish. You know, not hating on anybody else's catfish out there, but the igloo does it pretty good. It's good Simpson County people, too. That's right. That's right. <laughs> there you go. I'm outnumbered. Two Simpson County, one Madison <laughs> County people here, person here today. All right. So uh, that wraps up the Extra Mile Podcast legislative session. And we're going to give you a little news going forward. So going going forward, we're going to do this twice a month. And I, for one, am very glad that Will Craft is going to continue oh, to be my co-host. You've done an excellent job jumping Thanks, in here. So we're happy to have you um, going forward. I very much appreciate that. I've thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm, I'm glad, for sure. Everybody's been happy to have you. And, uh, yeah, so we're basically just going to continue conversation with MDOT employees and other stakeholders with transportation infrastructure in the state and, uh, you know, others outside of the agency. We've got a lot of surprises for you. We're really excited right. about it. Good guests lined up. Yep. No doubt. So look forward to that. Without further ado, we'll really wrap things up and thank our listeners out there for tuning in to the Extra Mile podcast. We also want to thank our producer, Katie Hornsby, our editor, Drew Hall, And remember, you can listen and watch each episode by visiting gomdot.com forward slash the extra mile. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at Mississippi DOT. And as always, remember to drive smart out there on Mississippi highways.